0: Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace with Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. We have a a ton uh, to get to here today i uh, going to talk a lot about uh, presidential politics uh, as relates uh, vis-a-vis to the Iowa caucuses and therefore what happens in the future of this presidential race. We'll get into a lot of that here in just a matter of moments, uh, as well as with Bob Bob coming up here at the bottom of the hour. In the next hour, it will be your turn to ask me anything. Todd has questions from Facebook that he has selected that I have not seen. Uh, so we look forward to that. I want to let you know we are kind of a man down today. Aaron is here. Playing hurt, but uh, it's you may not hear from him today. I mean, he's 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 here hobbling around, doing his best to make sure that you get a show today. So Todd, uh, you and I are going to um, carry his dead weight, but we're used to doing that, so this you know won't be all that much different.
1: Yeah, I'm so, didn't get an email. To, who knows what he could have farmed out to the audience today? We may be in for some surprises. So,
0: oh. um, we know that a lot of you are looking at end of the year giving. Uh, if that is you, uh, we have a great option for you with our friends over at Preborn. Uh, they're the outstanding pro-life ministry that, uh, that they understand what it's going to take here to, to win this battle once and for all in the post-Roe world. Uh, that, number one, it takes good old-fashioned truth and grace. And they bring the truth of that ultrasound to women who are considering murdering their children so that they know it is not their body, but they hear the heartbeat of somebody else. And over the years when they've done that, about 80% of the time, that woman does not go through with that abortion, thankfully. But they also know that there's a reason why that woman was considering it. Uh, You believe lies, you typically believe lies more often when you are desperate. And in in the case of a woman who's not in a safe and secure relationship and pregnant and it was not planned, typically that's her. And so they need to show now love to that woman as well. They provide prenatal care, postnatal care. All of that is free of charge as well, provided they have tax deductible donations from people like you. And if you'd like to make one, great time of year. It's a great time of year, any time of year, particularly here with year-end giving. Give to Preborn. Make a tax-deductible donation to them. You know, just 28 bucks is all it costs for an ultrasound, and that ultrasound has 80% odds of saving a life for just 28 bucks. Go to preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve, or you can dial the pound 250 on your uh, mobile phone and say the keyword baby. Dial pound 250 keyword baby on your mobile phone or preborn.com slash Steve. All right. There is no montage today. And I made this decision on my own before even knowing that Aaron was not feeling well. So it kind of just worked out well. Um, I, 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 now I know why he just instantly signed off on no montage because he wasn't feeling well. So it worked out great. We'll call it Providence, but uh, there's a release today of the latest Iowa poll. And, I, I think now with the release of this poll, and we're at 35 days until the first votes are cast in the 2024 presidential election, I think that uh, it is now time for us, I think, to have a, you know, a blunt, but that's the only kinds of conversations we have around here, uh, but a, a blunt conversation about the state of things, and, and not just in Iowa, but beyond. And And I'm going to tell you, as I always do, I'm going to tell you what I really think, which probably isn't going to make anybody happy by the time I get done. But, you know, that's a that's a day that ends in Y around here. But let's start here with what my main goal is. Uh, my, my main goal is uh, defeating the demon rats 329 days from today. Now, I can't recall in my career that I have ever said that going into an election cycle. And it's because I didn't think it was worth saying. I mean, everybody else was like saying stuff like that. This is the most important election of my lifetimes. America's over. If we don't elect Mitt Romney, we will not save America. John McCain is, without John McCain giving us gay marriage, America is over. I, I never participated in any of that. In fact, I would openly speak out against it. All the way to like November, like in the general, I spoke out against it, which is one of the reasons why I've, you know, like a smuggler in the Star Wars universe, I've had to operate in the outer rim. All right. Uh, this is why I just uh, and it's why, you know, I'm not good at parties because all the parties are. How do we best uh, and effectively justify shilling for the Republican Party this particular election cycle? That's not my bag, not what I'm into. I'm uh, into the promotion of a biblical worldview. And my ego isn't about what parties I get to invited to or who gets uh, who I get to sit next to. I don't give a rip about any of that crap. My ego is I like being right. OK, that's that's where my ego's at. You know, and if anything, all John McCain and Mitt Romney did when they got when they went back to the Senate after taking the the L's, we all saw coming, and lied to ourselves for six months. We didn't. Uh, all they all they did is go right back to the Senate, Todd, and just essentially validate everything I ever said about them. Of course they did. Yeah, of course they did. Leopard doesn't change its spots, man. Okay, so I this is the first time. I mean, you have you have listened to this show since its inception. When it was just a local show, day one on June twelfth, two thousand and six, in Des Moines, Iowa, you have been listening ever since. Have you ever heard me ever go into an election cycle and say a presidential election cycle and say we have to win? On the the right has to win. Period. I mean, we just can't. We can't. I've just never said this before. Says You know why? Because I didn't think it was worthy of saying before. But I I do think right now. That the country cannot survive another four years of the combined manifestation of corruption and evil and just sheer idiocy that we are seeing right this moment. I I just don't think it can survive another four years of it. Furthermore, I started off this cycle, and this is the other reason I'm saying it. I started off this cycle pointing out we had three proven disruptor candidates. You know, one of the reasons, Todd, you've never heard me say we have to win in November no matter what before is because I didn't know who who the we was before. There, there wasn't a lot of we John McCain's not a we he's just a Republican I don't care you know I'm a Christian I don't care about labels I just had you know um, someone text me a name many of you would know right before the show telling me I'm losing faith in the American people and I'm like I'm a Christian I lost my faith in the people a long time ago I believe in the depravity of man I don't have faith in the people I don't and um, people are sinful So this year, we had something new. We had three proven disruptors, each in their own way, have proven to be a threat of disruption to the system. That would be Ron DeSantis in alphabetical order. Ron DeSantis, RFK Jr., and Donald Trump. That's why they're the only three candidates that we did show length profiles of this year. Uh, I, th- I, I think they're the only three candidates that I can morally justify voting for everybody else running Republican or Democrat is either a proven product of the system. Now, let me articulate what I mean when I say the system, the, the proven the system that we are sold is a choice between corporatism and paganism. So so dual D.U.A.L. dual undoings of Western civilization. Either corporations, many of them, by the way, multinational in nature and no longer really accountable to even their own shareholders, let alone the, the politicians we elect. So either unelectable un, or unaccountable, unelected, corporate, multinational, global monoliths rule or the spirit of the age rules. OK, and again, and, and you can slap whatever letter on that you want. As a, I'm a biblical worldview guy, I oppose that, period. And none of the traditional GOP talking points or the threats of the cancel culture mob, I'm just not persuaded by any of that. I don't care. And Nikki Haley, for example, she represents this system. She represents the corporatist side of this system. That's proven. Vivek wants us to think he doesn't represent this system, but he's unproven. I thought he was terrific in the last debate, for example, but he hasn't done anything. All we know about Vivek Ramaswamy is he ran from his own company because he couldn't stop it from turning itself over to the spirit of the age. That's, that's, and then he wrote books about his experience there. That's really his only testing ground. He is a phenomenal messenger, but we need generals, not heralds. So he's unproven. Now, right now, my focus is on DeSantis and Trump because they're engaged in a primary. We haven't talked a lot about RFK Jr. here the last four to six months. We'll talk more about him next year when we get to a general election. Because uh, polls are showing that he is going to be a heavy factor in that general election. I mean, he is routinely polling already at or above where Ross Perot finished with his... Modern historical re- record finish for an independent candidate. What do you get? 19% of the popular vote, I think it was, is what Perot got in 1992, 30 that's, years ago. That sounds right. And RFK is routinely polling at or above that. But he's not really a factor right now. No one can vote for RFK Jr. for another 329 days. You're going to be able to vote for Donald Trump or, or Ron DeSantis in 35 days. And so mm-hmm. that's why that's where our focus has been. Okay? In my opinion... And I've made no secret about this. Ron DeSantis is the stronger general election candidate. We could go on a whole long conversation about this. We've done all these shows before. I'll just distill it down to this for now. The Florida results speak for themselves, both on election night last year and then his day to day governing and record. And frankly, I don't even think it's close. However, according to polls, uh, GOP primary voters believe otherwise and believe Trump is the stronger candidate. Now, we're going to start voting in just 35 days, and those results are going to speak for themselves. But I truly believe both Trump and DeSantis, I want to reiterate what I touched on last Monday and go into more detail. Both Trump and DeSantis have a potentially fatal PSYOP they must overcome. If they do not overcome their fatal PSYOPs, as I said on the show a week ago, and I'll spell it out in more detail here in a minute, I, I don't think either one of them if they're the nominee, can win the presidency uh, 329 days from now. One of them won't be the nominee if he can't overcome it. And the other one also may not be the nominee, but for different reasons, if he can't overcome it. Or the kind of nominee the country's never seen. And I'm not talking about the fact, because he's a big star, and he's from the private sector, and he's got a bombastic personality. But for other reasons. Um. And, and we need to address this. And who's the we? I'm not talking about people in Team Trump or Team DeSantis. I'm talking about people who legit are, are, are the remnant of what is left of America. You know, we used to say this a lot on our show. There's two Americas. There's the left America, and then there's what's left of America. Okay? If you are the remnant of what's left of America... The last remaining seven thousand men in Israel, God told Baal about, or told uh, Elijah about, that hadn't taken the need of Baal yet. That you are still trying to critically think in some way, shape, or form, and consider yourself a patriot therein. I'm talking to you. You're the we. You're the we. Republicans aren't the we. Democrats aren't the we. You're the we. I'm talking to. Okay. Let's start with Trump, and I think the fatal psyop that he is up against. Eighty-four days from today. 84 days from today, it is very likely that Trump is going to be put on trial as an insurrectionist in front of the Star Chamber that the D.C. Gulag calls a jury there yet still. And, I, you know, I was just at an event recently with a lot of Trump supporters. With a Trump with a well-known Trump operative. And we all got along great. I, many of these people I know, like I'm friends with. But it was interesting talking to them, whether they were just a supporter or, or, or an operative, they still each act as if this, as if this event is not going to occur. It's just, they're going to wake up on the morning of March 4th, and it won't be on the court docket somehow. Or they're convinced that since it's all a scam like Russian collusion, it'll just go away. Now, make no mistake, this is a scam, but it is not going to go away. These people seriously plan to convict and incarcerate Donald Trump. I've been saying this for oh, really a year. This, for a year on this show, I've been saying this. They've already done this to many of his supporters, both violent and nonviolent, because of January 6th. Well, Steve, that narrative's falling apart with the, with the footage coming out. You don't, You misunderstand. The footage coming out will make it more likely they'll do this. (laughs) You're dealing with demonic levels of gaslighting. The more truth that comes out, the worse they will lie. It's the other way around. When you get converted and start living for Christ, the enemy is not like, that's just adorable. Adorbs. we, We missed out on that family, Todd. Just leave those folks alone. No, dude, it gets worse. It gets worse. You start working on the nefarious sequel and your wife texts you at one o'clock in the morning and says you are not going to believe this. I have to drive myself to the ER in the middle of December because I have a bacterial infection going up my entire hand that I need them to pop and drain. That happened to me this weekend, by the way, while I was in Dallas working beginning work on the nefarious sequel. The more you shine the light. The darker the darkness gets. No one is coming to save Trump this time like Bill Barr did with the Mueller probe. No one is coming. In fact, Trump just lost another appeal to delay this trial until after the election last week. We told you about that, remember? I think it's at least 80%, at least 80%, that that trial is going to start March 4th or the day before Super Tuesday as planned. And that is because the Democrats are hopeful that their PSYOP to get GOP primary voters to rally around the persecuted Trump will pay off. And right as he's the presumptive GOP nominee heading it, Do we have any precedent, Todd, of Democrats prior to Super Tuesday executing any form of PSYOP to greatly impact a presidential election? Has anything happened recently, right before Super Tuesday, that would lend me to think that, you know, the game's afoot here? Can you think
1: of Anything? They've got a taste for it, I think. Yeah. I
0: mean, a certain day where it just looked like, you know, 72 hours before Super Tuesday, it looked like Bernie Sanders was like Thanos, inevitable. They really were going to nominate a Soviet, and then 72 hours, they just necromanced. They went weekend at Bernie's and necromanced Joe Biden. Remember that? I do. And those 72 hours were right before what? 72 hours before what event? The election. Yes. No, Super Tuesday. Yeah. The, yeah. But, that, yeah. Super Tuesday. That vote. Yeah. So... I'm not just I'm not just yanking this out of the old rectum here folks. I'm a observer of trends and data. They have they have a precedent where this is concerned. And so with Trump as the presumptive GOP nominee, they put him on trial. We get a month maybe two of slanted testimony called court that occupies all of our attention. Guess what no one, none of us in this industry are going to be talking about that entire time and we'll be talking about every single day. That trial. That trial. No one holding Democrats feet to the fire, nothing happening against Democrats. Then they produce a then they produce a conviction. Following said conviction, blue secretaries of state begin questioning the ballot access of a insurrectionist or a convicted felon. By the way, there are blue secretaries of states in the following states, Arizona, alphabetical order, Arizona, Nevada, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. All states. We have to win. Could have to win at least three of those four and maybe all four, but going to have to win at least three of the four Math the, not getting, not getting to 270 without winning three of those four not happening. I'm sure it's a coincidence that they have blue secretaries of state in those places, Todd. I'm sure that's also a mere coincidence, random act.
1: I'm sure they've got things cleared up in Arizona after
0: last time. Indeed, this will now produce months of legal more, months more of legal challenges over ballot access. This now will make much of 2024. Now we're well. Now we're probably past the convention. We're well into August, maybe September, before all of this is settled and adjudicated. You lost how many months? of pointing all your resources and fire at the Democrats, but you had to turn the Republican Party into a legal defense fund instead of a get-out-the-vote campaign. This, by the way, will also have major ramifications down-ballot. Your down-ballot candidates will be underfunded as a result of this as well. And if you think I'm wrong, look at this year's off-year special election results. Not the polls, look at the games. We got our asses kicked all year long. 2023 was a terrible year for the right in off year special elections. That's a fact. The games count, not the spread, not the polls, the games count. And we got our asses kicked. This was a terrible year. Despite a dementia patient with a 35% approval rating. So I asked these questions several months ago. They're germane. Again, what is team Trump's answer for this? Do they have a plan? When will we know the plan? What is the backup plan for running from prison? We're nominating a felon. I saw our colleague Alex Stein emceed a Trump event over the weekend and was joking about Trump running for president from prison. It's not a joke. It's a very high likelihood possibility. What's the contingency if SCOTUS doesn't save Trump from trial in March or from the ballot access challenges later? What's the contingency for that? What if just one of these states takes him off the ballot successfully and we're not able to adjudicate it by November 5th of next year? What, just one of them. Just one of them does. Let's take North Carolina, which is the most winnable for Trump of the four. Let's take North Carolina and say that's the one. And they are somehow successfully able to keep him off the ballot. What do we do? Well, Steve Trump told me over the weekend we're going to win New York. Come on, man. Come on. These are questions we all deserve answers to before entrusting our collective fates here, because the whole country loses if Trump 2024 loses, just as the whole country lost when Trump 2020 wasn't. Uh, I guess we'll call it recognized as the winner fair and we'll go with that mm-hmm. as a description because I refuse to say Biden won. Now, this brings me to DeSantis. For him, the primary polling psyop marches on. Des Moines Register's Iowa poll today wants us to believe he has the exact same amount of total support that he had before he received the endorsement of the most popular politician the state of Iowa has seen so far in the 21st century. Getting the endorsement of Kim Reynolds, who, by the way, did not issue a paper endorsement. She's been on the campaign trail with him or, and for him pretty much since she endorsed a month ago. Right. And somehow the Iowa poll shows he has the exact same total support. 67%. It's exactly what he had in October. And that's what he has now. Um, okay. By the way, who predicted that was going to be the case? Yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. I warned about this. Nobody listened. They heard me. The, quote, white men can't jump. They heard Jimmy, but they didn't listen to Jimmy. They heard me. Ah, oh, that's just that crazy days. Oh, okay. I have said this on my show. I've told everyone I know in the DeSantis camp, including the candidate himself. The public numbers are never moving. Did I not say this, Todd? How many times have I said this?
1: More than I can count.
0: They are not going to move. They're not credible. They are a psyop. Just as the mask percentages... We're never going to move. The mask was always going to be 99% effective, never 89%. The jab was always going to make sure. Well, at least now I have it, but uh, because of the jab, uh, I will not get serious illness. The Iowa poll today says Trump has both a 30-point lead and half of the electorate is willing to change its mind. Come on, man. Come on. And we're not saying 30-point lead with half of the electorate willing to change its mind on July 11th. It's December 11th, 35 days out. If half the electorate is willing to change its mind, you don't have a 30-point lead. Or if you have a 30-point lead, half of the electorate's not willing to change its mind. Both of these things can be false. One can be false and the other true and one true and the other false. They cannot both possibly be true. It's not possible. However, you can scream PSYOP all you want, but without a counter-narrative, a PSYOP becomes the narrative. I've faced this my entire career. Mitt Romney was a rhino. I I didn't help defeat Mitt Romney in the 2008 Iowa caucuses by pointing out he was a rhino. If I just would have done that and didn't offer the audience an alternative narrative, Mitt Romney still would have won. Probably, He was the higher ID, name, name ID candidate, the better funded candidate, right? Yeah. There had to be an alternative. Enter Mike Huckabee. I couldn't just go on my show when the judges in Iowa ruled that they can make Gary Marriage a thing. Well, that's wrong. It's immoral. It's unfair. Well, it would have still stood. Nothing would have changed. Wouldn't have gotten rid of the judges. Had to create a counter narrative. Had to point out what they did was, Im- was not just immoral. It was illegal. They can't do what they did. Think of COVID without a counter narrative to COVID. We could have said this isn't right. It's not constitutional to lock people down. Wasn't going to make any difference. You know why you're not locked down right now still? Because we came up with the data for a counter narrative. And I was one of the people that helped do that. I mean, there are things strategically I don't understand I don't understand having the front runner in the race, having the least amount of money spent against him. That just never made any sense to me. Let's spend the least amount of time going after the person we're all losing to. Doesn't make any sense to me. Happened in 2016, too. The least amount of money was spent against Trump than, than any other candidate. Doesn't make any sense to me. But, but the issue here for DeSantis is not strategic. On March 30th, the real clear politics polling average of, uh, nationally had the race between Trump and DeSantis, I believe, 42 to 30. One week later, it was 52 to 24. And it's pretty much been around there or worse ever since. What happened after March 30th? Do you know, Todd, what happened after March 30th? In fact, what happened the very next day, March 31st, do you remember? What happened? Donald Trump was indicted in Manhattan for the first time. The next day, March thirty-first, and ever since then, the whole polling paradigm has shifted. That's not a coincidence. You can trace that for yourself. Just go to Real Clear Politics polling average. Go look at it yourself. Is March thirty-first the first one? The first, the one? first one. That was the bragging indi- indictment. Was March thirty-one? Yep. See, the system doesn't want a sane. Mature, ruthlessly efficient reformer. Now make no mistake. The system doesn't want any reformer. It doesn't want Donald Trump's style of reform either. Let's make, make that patently clear. Okay. But if the choice is a material narcissistic reformer or the other guy, pretty clear what the choice is. And it's pretty clear what their choice is. They've made it. So in my opinion, the DeSantis campaign, I know I said this second Monday in a row, must address this counter narrative. If you do not counter a narrative, the narrative will become conventional wisdom. That's a fact. There is only so much ground a ground game can make up. Now in Iowa, it can make up a lot. We'll go over that in the next segment when Bob Vander Plaats joins us. But eventually you reach a point of diminishing returns. Plus, in the other eras I'm going to cite, the candidate wasn't as strong or popular as Donald Trump is. Why am I saying all these things? Because I want what's left of America to win 329 days from today. I made it very clear who I think the superior general is. But none of us stand for the flag of a general. This isn't a banana republic, even though we joke about it. Yet, although we're on our way getting there. We stand for the flag of the country. I want to save what's left of America. I want my granddaughter, who by God's grace will be born here right around Super Tuesday, right around the time this trial begins against Trump. I want her and any of my future grandchildren, as well as my actual children already born and yours, to have a chance at what we are desperately trying to give up and give away. That's why. And I don't believe the best candidate in the race, in my opinion, will get that chance if he doesn't deal with this immediate obstacle right in his face right now. And I don't believe the other candidate in the race that apparently a lot of you think is the best candidate will be able to, will be able to get that chance either if he doesn't deal with that train that's coming, off the, it's coming around the bend. It's on the track. And it's going to arrive on time. Scheduled March 4th. Todd, your thoughts?
1: Well, we're living in Orwellian times. I think not only Steve laying out the particulars, the facts, the evidence uh, at length and doing it again, because that's not the first time you've heard this, but also with the passion that he's doing it is uh, the bottom line is to come full circle. We are running out of time. We, we barely know whether this needle can be thread here in this moment. Let's be frank, folks. Maybe we have run out of time. But if we haven't, we really need to put in that last full measure of devotion right now to quote a president who did so at another time, wondering if this nation had run out of t- uh, uh, time uh, b- because of its own sins. Listen, our level of comfortability cannot... Endure in any way, shape, or form, nor should it. But especially if we are not willing to wake up right now and realize that we have to act. And Iowa is first. And it's an honor that it is. So what are we waiting for? We'll come back.
0: So how much ground can a ground game make up on game day compared to what the polling environment says is happening? We're going to go through history in Iowa, walk you through that with our friend Bob Vanderplotz and more here next. All right, back here on The Steve Day Show. Our friends at Patriot Mobile, they have been leaders in establishing the parallel economy that we desperately need. Unfortunately, we still don't have it. And that means in many cases we are even if we don't want to, forced to do business with people and companies that absolutely hate us. Thankfully, Patriot Mobile gives us an option with at least one product that we all need nowadays in order to function in modern society, our mobile phones. And they've got a great offer right now. If you want to make the switch, you can keep your number, keep your existing phone, or for a limited time, you can get a free smartphone if you make the switch now at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Use the promo code FRIDAY77 Friday, 76. And again, you'll get a free smartphone if you make the switch today with the with the promo code Friday76 at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Let's welcome in our good friend, Bob Vanderplotz here from the Family Leader. Good to see you, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing well. I guess we're both wearing red today. Yeah. So we color coordinate Feel got, a little bit like Bobby Knight. Got to coordinate. Got yeah. to coordinate. If I'd wear my sweater up over my stomach, I'd be a lot better. All right. So one question I have gotten a lot over the last few weeks, and so this past weekend I set out to answer it, is how much can you make up on with on the ground, on game day, within an Iowa caucus, in spite of the the, the perception due to the polling environment going in? And... And I think there's a unique opportunity that Iowa provides doing that because it's such a low turnout race. Just to reiterate some of the numbers, we have a record number of registered Republicans in Iowa right now, somewhere around 670,000. But, I mean, even, even if we broke the turnout record in 2016, which I really don't believe we will, but even if we did... And say 200,000 people voted, you're still talking about that's barely one in five Republican voters showing up in the caucuses. Mm-hmm. And so identifying who those people are, and then you throw in the added fact that someone like me who's a registered independent can just show up on game day, register as a Republican, and vote, figuring out who those people are has made polling in Iowa a precarious enterprise for many, 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 many years, right? So I wanted to go through some history and get your take on it, okay? Let's just look at elections here, so that the caucuses that have happened on the right in, in, in the, so far this century. In 2000, the final Iowa poll of that cycle had George W. Bush uh, beating Steve Forbes 43-20 to 20, with Alan Keyes next at 8%. On game day, the actual result was W41, Forbes 31, and Keyes at 14. Which means Forbes and Keyes combined made up a, made up a combined 17 polling points on game day. In 2008, this was the most accurate polling cycle in Iowa we have ever had. The final Iowa poll had it Huckabee 32, Romney 26. That's pretty close to the the, the final result. Uh it was Huckabee 34, Romney 25. Huckabee ended up overperforming his polling by just about two percent. Mm. In twenty twelve the final Iowa poll had it Romney twenty-four, Ron Paul twenty-two, Rick Santorum fifteen. And the latter two had the superior grassroots organizations, for sure. On game day, it ended up being Santorum 24.6, Romney 24.5, and Ron Paul at 21. So one candidate with the superior organization eh, slightly underperformed in Ron Paul. The other one, Santorum, way overperformed by nine. That was a net gain. Those, those two campaigns net gained over eight points from where they were polling heading into game day. And then finally, the, the, the last Iowa poll in 2016 had it Trump 28, Cruz 23, Rubio 15. So uh, Trump was a little more grassroots candidate than Rubio, but Rubio had the far better organization. On game day, it ended up being Cruz 28, Trump 24, Rubio 23. Trump almost finished third, which means that year that the uh, the superior ground operations made up a combined 13 points of polling ground on game day. So when you hear those numbers, all right, so just to reiterate, 2017 polling points on game day, 2008, two points on game day, 2012, eight points on game day, 2016, 13 points of polling ground on game day. Right. So the Des Moines Register comes out with a poll today, shows Trump up by 30 points, despite the fact half of the electorate is undecided. I don't know how those two things can be true at the same time. This laid out. Like this laid out. Mm -hmm. I would not put out a poll to me. Either half the electorate's undecided or they're not. But that not aside, All right. That's what the Iowa poll is showing. Now, I'm assuming they'll do one more before uh, the caucus is on January the 15th. But your read of that history, much of which you lived.
2: I think it all goes down to organization and passion. Uh, I think the ones I really lived, um, the 2000 Coxes, I remember those. <clears throat> and with George W. Bush winning those, I really wasn't all into the Coxes at that point, either for Forbes or for Keys or for Bush. Uh, but I, I'm sure I participated in them. But 2008 with Huckabee, it was organization and passion. And Steve, you lived that one as well because a lot of it was organic in nature. Mm-hmm. You start getting the organic in nature stuff and stuff's going to happen. Now, he, he ended up pulling better than what his final poll was. But as you said, that was pretty close to accurate, the most accurate they had. 2012, a lot of people are pointing to Rick Santorum. And what Santorum took advantage of, and I think you're going to have that this cycle as well, is there was a lot of peaks and valleys. But what they knew is that they didn't want Romney. Uh, who who could they have to be the alternative to Romney? And so Santorum, he was at 15% going into the election day. And he ends up, he wins it with 24% and beats out Romney. So people then landed quickly and said, you know what, Santorum's our guy. He got the last uh, final peak and he was one the Iowa caucuses. Uh, Cruz, you know how much organization Cruz put into this thing. Mm-hmm. That's the best organized caucus that we have had ever until right now in 2024, which I'd argue that Ron DeSantis is way better organized than Ted Cruz was at this time in the Iowa caucuses. So organization is definitely advantaged DeSantis. Now we gotta see how much passion is there really in finding an alternative to the former president. If there's a lot of passion on top of that organization, you're gonna see Nikki Haley people start going to DeSantis, you're gonna see Vivek's people start going to DeSantis, because they're going to say that's the guy that can be the alternative to Trump. Can it make up 30 points? Uh, historically, I would say no. But that being said, I did a little fun last night before the Iowa poll came out this morning. I I put down, I texted a couple people. I didn't text you this, Steve. But I texted them, where did I think the Iowa poll would be right now? And I was pretty doggone close, with one exception. Trump's at 51. I had him at 41. I had him 10 points lower than what he's polling at. I had DeSantis at 22. He's at 19. I had Nikki at, at uh, 15. She's at 16. I have a at five or maybe six, and he's at five. So everybody else is really, really close within the margins, except for one outlier that Trump is up 10 points. But then you feed in the last part of the poll that you just mentioned. Forty six percent of those who, who d- said this is my first choice, Trump. Nikki, DeSantis, whoever, 46 percent of them are saying, but my mind could be swayed. So today I'm telling you, I'm voting Trump. I'm voting DeSantis, whoever it is. But 46 percent of those are saying my mind could be swayed. So what I would say in this poll, nothing really has changed. Trump still is the dominant name ID. He's been in the news. So I'm going to be. But how much of that. I think Iowa needs to deliver an alternative to Trump. There's a lot of passion there. I think you make up a lot of ground, not 30 points.
0: I, I have no idea if which of the two things is true. Trump is at 51 or half of the electorate is willing to change their minds. I just know they're both not true at the same time. Sure. That's just not how this works. That, that they, said, could both no, be, they could both be false. They cannot, at the same time, both be true. Because if that many people are willing to change their mind, okay, yep. and you're the incumbent, All right. You're you're the one everybody already knows. You see what I'm trying to say? That's just not that's not how human behavior operates. So,
2: I don't know if this is one of your rules for patriots, but it's a political axiom is that you can't beat somebody with nobody. Right. Okay, so it could be Trump is still the somebody and that electorate is still looking to see who is the person that's not the nobody that can beat the somebody. And that's when they're going to line up. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I think that's part of it is that Trump is still to them, he is somebody, and you can't beat him until you prove you can beat him. And that's when they say potentially move to a DeSantis.
0: So there's another part of this that I also think can't possibly be true. I want to discuss it with you here in a moment after I talk about our friends over at Relief Factor. If you're struggling with chronic pain, uh, that's usually because of too much inflammation in the body, uh, and you're looking for an effective, drug-free, anti-inflammatory, check out our friends. At Relief Factor, they're giving you 70% odds that it's the uh, it's the solution, the alternative that you have been looking for. Because over the years, about 70% of the time that people take them up on this three-week quick start, where you get to three weeks worth of doses for just 20 bucks, the results they see in three weeks or less have them sticking around long-term. 70% of the time, that's the case. So it may not be. Uh, what you 're looking for, and you may, you may not uh, you may, your, your level of pain may be beyond drug free solutions, and if that 's the case, you know, go get professional medical help. But this is a formula that was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs, and so they think that there 's a high likelihood this is the solution you 're looking for. What do you have to lose for twenty bucks to see if you don 't see a difference in your pain? in 3 weeks or less at relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com or you can call them 800 toll free 800 the number 4 relief 800 for relief or just simply go to relieffactor.com even though i warned I've warned you publicly and privately, I warned the audience publicly and privately that I knew this was going to happen. And and you always give me the same look you're giving me <laughs> right now, okay? Every time I tell you this, and Just then it happens. Just you your friend. Okay? Go ahead. And then it happens. I want to hear it. Okay? I told everybody the public numbers would not move with the Kim Reynolds endorsement. You did tell me that. And people thought I was nuts. They thought I was crazy. Okay? Steve, they all wouldn't just lie that masks don't work. Yes, they would. Steve, they all wouldn't just lie that... Yes, they would. They all just lie all the time. It defies credulity on any level at all that Ron DeSantis has the exact same level of total support in the Iowa poll now Than he had in October before Before he received before he received the endorsement of the most popular politician our state has had so far in the 21st century. Kim Reynolds. It just defies it, especially because it wasn't just like a paper mache press release endorsement. She's been out on the campaign trail a lot on her own with him. TV. okay. she's been all over TV. The idea that she would throw all that considerable. This woman just won by nearly the same margin. Ron DeSantis did, by the way, in twenty twenty two. This is the most popular politician in the state of Iowa so far in the 21st century. The idea that she would put her full throated support behind you and it wouldn't move anything at all. (laughs) It's just it's not credible, Bob. It's not. And 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 you can go tell your buddy Ann Seltzer I said that it's not it's not (laughs) credible. It's not.
2: First of all, I'm the one who was part of that poll that Ann Seltzer did that had me down 30 points before Election Day. I know. Here's the thing. By putting out a poll like that, it's one of two things. If you're Trump and you're at 51 percent and your closest competitor is 19 percent, you've got a turnout issue yourself. Meaning, why would your supporters want to go out and turn out for you if you're just going to win by 30 anyhow? Why would I give up two hours of my night? The other part of it is, though, is that the Ron DeSantis people, the Nikki Haley people, the Vivek people, they need to convince their people, no, you need to flood that caucuses at this point. Or they say, you know what, why would I turn out? We're going to get beat anyhow. So I think what it is, it's still an organization. It's a passion game. Um, I don't believe the evangelical numbers in the poll. At least that's not what our base is saying uh, to us. I think they're looking for an alternative. And we'll see how this breaks. We still have, was it, five weeks? Uh, until tonight, and then the caucuses get played and we'll know what the vote really is, what the poll really is.
0: I, I, the DeSantis campaign is going to have to figure out how to defeat this PSYOP. Ultimately, people want their vote to count, and ultimately they want to vote for who they think has momentum and who they think is going to win. Now, because of the nature of the caucus process, more people vote principally here, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. you saw that, for example, in the Alan Keyes example, all right? His percentage actually went up on game day and there was no public data whatsoever that showed he had any demonstrable, you know, path to winning, okay? Mm -hmm. So the caucus process does lend itself more to people who will vote principally than pragmatically, okay? But you're trying to topple a king. You're going to have to get a solid segment of of the pragmatic voters. And you're going to need to combat this narrative. If you do not combat a narrative, it becomes conventional wisdom. And the Trump campaign has the same problem in the first quarter of next year. They're staring down the barrel of a trial in D.C. that's going to label convict him of essentially being a traitor right around the time that under the current GOP primary calendar, he would become the presumptive nominee. It would start the day before Super Tuesday. I'm sure that's just a random coincidence. Mm -hmm. He looked at the calendar, blindly chose Monday, March 4th and said, "Ah, that's as good a day as any. Let's go with that. Okay. I mean, th- these are the, re- the twin realities both of these campaigns are looking at. And I have to tell you, when I talk to people in both of them, they just they either give me a gobsmacked look or in the case, that's what happens on the DeSantis side or on the Trump side. They look at me just convinced that a Bill Barr will come out of the shadows, you know, like, uh, you know, like ultimate warrior will just mm. come out of the stands and help Hulk Hogan against the macho man. Yeah. OK, and, and save Trump from another, you know, scam legal uh, persecution. We got to have a better plan than that. On whether, no matter which of these camps yeah. we're talking about.
2: Well, and what I would say to that, Steve, especially the DeSantis team, is that what the poll did show? It showed that Nikki Haley was not able to capture any momentum out of her rides. Matter of fact, she fell. She not only flatlined, but she fell in support. DeSantis actually turned turned his line from flat to uptick. Now, not by as much as you'd want, but he did do that. I think now he needs to make sure this is not a race between him and Nikki Haley. This is a race between him and Donald Trump. And you can still cite out the clear differences between you and Trump and why your vo- the people's vote would matter more for a DeSantis than for a Trump. And why give them a reason to go your way. I think that is a big deal. I think everything you mentioned, Steve, before, too, is put a- get another poll out there and show it publicly. Where are the grassroots caucus goers? Or is this poll just actually valid? I mean, is this poll substantiated? Which I still believe, there's a lot of blue sky in there for uh, Donald Trump, and I think Ron DeSantis has got a lot more room to grow there.
0: One thing I don't understand: How is it possible the least amount of money has been spent to guy against the guy who's the front runner? Explain that strategy to me. Well, that's what I'm saying is that nobody, nobody's daring to.
2: This take happened him in on. 2016 sure. too. No, everybody thought Trump would go away though in 2016 in 2024 i think what they're worried about is that I, I don't want to tick him off i don't want to tick off his donors supporters then drop I'm out of the race those if, supporters if you, if
0: you cannot if you cannot differentiate yourself against mm-hmm. a campaign rival without without having it go against you then that person's just too strong and you shouldn't run about run against and 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 thing, out tomorrow. That,
2: it, trump and you, and you know this as well but he has given you a lot to say differentiate yourself no with. doubt he, yeah. He's not with us anymore on a lot of the issues. Or if he is, he's communicating something different. You need to make sure he communicates where he's actually at on these particular issues. So I think that's where I'd say uh, Nikki's no longer your opponent. Trump is. And if I'm constantly Nikki, I'd say the same thing. DeSantis isn't your opponent. Trump is. You guys have been going after each other relentlessly. Look at all the money that's been spent against Ron DeSantis taking all him down.
0: We got to go. Thank you, man. You bet. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with a very beleaguered yet battling Aaron McIntyre. He is... Uh, I never understood this. You know, I used to rant about this. And I did Sports Talk Radio. Uh, the guy, he's, he has a day off today in Major League Baseball, the day off guy, but yet he's still sitting there in uniform on the bench. And you're like, a day off would mean you're not at work, right? If you can come to the, the park and You know, we need you in the lineup. You should play. Okay. Well, Aaron has one of those days off today. I mean, he is hanging by a string. He's not feeling well at all. But because of you, because of America, he is here battling through.
1: And because you and I are inept and we can't do what he does.
0: And we're also contractually out of days off and, and can't take any more time away without losing money. That's also why. There's <laughs> lots of ants. <ends. laughs> there's, the, there's the codicils and corollaries, but the central reason. Don't, don't, don't bury the lead here. It's for America. That's why. OK? Those other things, they matter a lot. OK? But they all point to the real reason. He's on the wall for America. And then Todd and I are just here marking time. Let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the show, Steve, at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. You can follow me at steve Day Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you are a podcast listener and have not done this yet, please leave us a five-star review. Thanks to all of you who have. And then uh, also make sure you hit subscribe or if you're an iTunes listener, hit follow. That way, every time we do a new show, it will show up every time in your feed. And thanks to all of you that have done that for us as well. Thanks to our friends over at Collective. They are here if you are running a small business. Uh, They know that you want to be focused on your passion and 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 profitability not paperwork and that's where your collective membership comes in uh with collective bookkeeping and accounting don't need to be hassles anymore you can start saving thousands of dollars and hours as well uh, by letting collective handle all your back office work so that you can just focus on growing your business all right collective is the all-in-one financial solution for self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion let Collective handle all of that stuff. By the way, it comes at the fraction of the cost of a CPA. And they specialize in S-Corps. That's a tax selection that saves its members an average of $10,000 per year. So if your business of one is making at least 60000 a year in profit annually, you could be missing out on thousands in tax savings a year. So for a limited time, Collective, they're waiving the onboarding fee when you go to Collective.com slash Steve and tell them Steve sent you. That's me. Tell them I sent you at collective.com slash Steve collective.com slash Steve. That's a $199 value and they're waving it for you at collective.com slash Steve. Just tell them me, just tell them Steve sent you. We have some quick breaking news. Todd, I want to get your reaction to because it goes right with what we were just discussing last hour. Kay. Okay. We'll get to ask me anything here in a moment, but we have some breaking news. This is courtesy of NBC News. NBC News is reporting that Jack Smith, he is the... Prosecutor, the federal prosecutor that is overseeing a couple of the probes against Trump, both the uh, the, the, the trial in Miami where the judge is a good judge and giving Trump a fair shake there. That's the documents case. And then also the D.C. Uh, jury uh, there, that's the, uh, the Gulag, the Star Chamber there. He's overseeing that case as well. You recall that a week ago we told you that the central claim of Trump's defense to either have this case thrown out, or delayed until after the election is that because is that presidential immunity now also extends to after your president and, and the Trump campaign, I'm sorry, the Trump legal team, they're kind of one of the same, uh, they will say, well, this is a unique situation in that he's also a candidate for president again right now, but he is a private citizen. I mean, he, that's, that's why he's been showing up in New York in a private civil trial where they're trying to steal his family fortune from him. He's a, he's a private citizen. And so the, what, what Trump is arguing is that you have forever immunity. Once you're president of the United States, you cannot be prosecuted, period. Okay, you have forever immunity. Jack Smith, the federal prosecutor, is actually attempting to go directly now. He has filed for an emergency ruling at the U.S. Supreme Court to have them rule on this now. So to bypass, um, you know, Trump appealed this to the federal judge overseeing his case in D.C. She overruled him last week. I was just referencing that in what we were just talking about. This now goes before the D.C. Court of Appeals. We told you about that a week ago. We walked you through that process. The current makeup of that court is seven Democrat appointees, uh, four Republican appointees, three of them appointed by Trump, but the fourth Republican appointee was appointed by George Herbert Walker Bush. So if your name's Donald Trump, that's basically a Democrat probably. So you're looking at an Eight to three ruling probably against you at the Court of Appeals, but it would take more time and energy to figure that out and file that stuff and have those things heard. Jack Smith, the federal prosecutor, wants the Supreme Court to chime 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 in on this now. Does Trump have perpetual immunity, even as a private citizen? Does he have perpetual presidential immunity? The prosecutor, Jack Smith, is trying to get SCOTUS to rule on this now. In my view, that is a clear sign of what I told you last hour. They fully intend to put him on trial as soon as possible. And the soonest they can put him on trial is the Monday before Super Tuesday. That's what I think is going down here. Now, the court has to agree to hear this motion. They may not, which will just put us right back. You know, in the normal timetable of things, and then it'll likely eventually end up in their lap anyway. Okay, but that is breaking news as of about fifteen minutes ago.
1: Well, when you were talking with Bob about the plan, I, I, I and you did m- mention at one point the Supreme Court. I, I, in many ways, I think that is the default plan. And looking back at uh, Bush v. Gore, how how that ultimately played out and how the air was let out of the balloon uh, when uh, that court uh, got involved. Perhaps even a guy like Jack Smith is, needs to know, um, you know, the hard part about playing chicken, Scott Glenn, is knowing when to flinch. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he wants a sooner rather than later in on what that right mean. Because uh, as confident as you are, uh, about everything that you said today, is that perhaps of all the variables in this game, something you're the, and maybe maybe you're fifty fifty, but less comfortable than other things. Where the Supreme Court? Yeah, that's it, my
0: twenty percent. I don't see? know the answer. And yeah, so, now, now um, if if it were just it was just, just what's the D.C. Court of Appeals going to do? It'd be a hundred percent. Yeah, but, but, Exactly. But, but I don't. But the twenty percent is I don't know what the court will do. I have no clue. So, I don't know if they'll even agree to hear it. Okay, and 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 here's the here's the thing. I kind of think the most pro-Trump. Well, I don't know this for sure. Whom we would assume is the most pro-Trump judge on the panel, Clarence Thomas. I don't know that he's going to be in favor of granting perpetual immunity to a presidential candidate or or to a a former president. That once you leave the White House, it's granted into perpetuity. Yeah, I don't that i don't see
1: and i don't know what's possible I in know. terms of sending that back with a narrow you know narrowing it where they literally
0: so so you that if they did that they would essentially be doing what going against the reasons they overturned row a year ago they would be they'd be carving out an exception that doesn't exist they'd be saying that well since this is a unique circumstance OK, that is similar. That was the argument for mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade. Well, you know, when they wrote the Constitution, we didn't know we didn't have in utero. You know, we didn't uh, women didn't have rights and couldn't vote and everything else. And so now they have the right to to kill their own baby if they want, because things change. That would essentially the court being saying this is a unique circumstance because he's running for president. Right. The polls show that he's the favorite to be a major party nominee, you know, and we're only talking about a matter of months. So we're going to carve out an exception just for Donald Trump.
1: Tree to something it did even in recent memory, would that shock you at no, all? No, no, no. And, and that's also,
0: that's so the the hundred all of my uncertainty. Yes. So I'm eighty percent sure he's going to trial, but a hundred percent of my uncertainty is in that other twenty percent. I do not know what the Supreme Court will do. I don't.
1: And 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 the last thing I want to say about this is: uh, Have we discovered who the leaker is yet? The Supreme Court leaker?
0: No, that was never discovered. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you know my theory is by the way, just to reiterate, I believe John Roberts was the leaker right. to try to pressure the other justices because they he would agree to overturn Roe, but they were gonna go or not overturn Roe, but to to, to go for the 15 week ban, but he didn't want them to go so far as to overturn Roe. That's always been my theory of who the leaker is. It was the Chief Justice.
1: But that being said, if you if if you think the Chief Justice is willing to do that, and I believe you may very well be right on that, uh, could signals have have already been sent uh, back channels to all parties involved about where. I know which Jack
0: already knows what the court thinks. So let's go ahead and have this done right now and make it official. Is that what you're saying? Maybe, maybe uh, Jack might already know that there's not enough because what do you need yeah. four votes to yeah. get cert? That they may not even have the votes to get it's cert. It's just
1: something like Jack based on your actions. We can see that this is what you think is going on. Yep. We're not going to tell you what's going on. We're just going to tell you that what you think is going on also isn't going on. I think that's possible, too.
0: Is it also possible that because you've got this other thing going on where it's clear they're trying to push Biden out. You had Senator Chris Murphy mm-hmm. this morning say this was this was a this was a, a legal and this was the right thing to do to indict Hunter Biden. OK, so, it, it, so we've got this simultaneous op to get rid to push Biden out, to push the Bidens out at the same time. Could also be, you know what, maybe they want to, maybe, maybe they like, let's make sure we're running the right plan. Let's get a ruling on this right now, because if it, because if the court's going to rule against us later, then we did all this for nothing to some extent. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. So there, there could be lots of different things at work. I think the thing that we have to, that we just need to understand is they don't operate over there on random coincidence. And they have demonstrated this many, 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 many times. That that coordination, whether yeah. off the record is what you're talking about or under this under the radar or under the table or just blatantly out in the open, like we saw Super Tuesday, you know, the 72 hours before and after Super Tuesday in 2020, where all of a sudden everybody's media narratives just yeah. instantly switched. They don't just kind of do no. the random stuff that
1: happens over here. That's why the leaker was never found. Right. That's that- Talk about defined credulity. There's no way that that leaker shouldn't be. Fi- That's one of the most. Uh, when did that happen? By the way,
0: it was like a week before, but, a week or two before the ruling was released uh, on on Dobbs. What part of the year? Like the, that was that was that was June, if I remember right, May or June of la- of 2022. Yeah. It was it was just a few weeks, a couple two three weeks before Dobbs. Because remember, we had the protest at uh, Judge Kavanaugh yeah. and Judge uh, Barrett's residences, if I remember right. Yeah.
1: My point okay. being, we're a year and a half into. It. The- no. No. Impossible. Okay.
0: What are the odds Jack Smith is asking a question that he doesn't already know the answer to? What would you say those odds are?
1: Oh, see, that's the part where I get... D- d- that I don't know.
0: I don't either. I, 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 you could talk me into what you said, that there's a, he kind of knows, and that's why he's asking. You could talk me into, yeah. they probably want to know right now before they go all the way and say, all right, this is the plan for the election. And to find out if they need another plan or not, you know, I, you could talk me into either one. But I do find it fascinating that it is Jack Smith who is trying to bypass this process and go straight to SCOTUS instead of Trump. I do. I do think that that is fascinating. All right, we'll get to Ask Me Anything here. Brought to you by our friends over at Birch Gold. You can diversify your savings with physical, precious metals while stockpiling silver in your home. It's Birch Gold Group's most popular special of the year. Now through December the 22nd, for every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they'll send you a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. Text Steve to 989-898 to claim your eligibility now. Text Steve to 989-898. To claim your eligibility now, you can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your home or have Birch Gold's precious metal specialists help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax sheltered IRA in gold for no money. That's right. No money out of your pocket. They'll send you the free silver for every $5,000 that you purchase. The free silver coin comes your way. Keep it for yourself or give it as something of real value here as a stocking stuffer this year. Just text the keyword STEVE to 989-898 to claim your eligibility. That's TEXT STEVE to 989-898. TEXT STEVE to 989-898. But remember, this only runs through December the 22nd. All right, it is time to ask me anything. Todd, you have selected the questions. None of which I have seen. Normally we'd go to Aaron to, to, to have them read. But my man over there is, is suffering for America as we speak. So you're going to read the questions this week instead.
1: I am. And this one, uh, a lot of people want to know what both of us think about this. What's your reaction to the satanic temple display in the Iowa Capitol? I mean, this kind of went viral this weekend. I know it's been there a little, it's been there for a week it, there's a petition process where anybody in the state can have a display for two weeks. The timing of this is obviously demonic. They applied. They met some kind of criteria, which I think is absurd. But anyways, that's why they're there. They're, they, they get to be there for two weeks. And this is the beginning of week two, as I understand it. Your thoughts, Steve.
0: Words mean what the author meant them to mean, And I know we live in this era of reconstructionism and we even do this with the scriptures we will sit around in our small groups and we'll ask each other we'll go through a, a you know a, a portion of scripture and then someone will ask somebody else what does that mean to you don't ever, no, that's irrelevant it doesn't mean what it it doesn't matter what it means to you what matters is what it means and and words mean what the author meant them to mean the author will tell you the context of his or her own words um either through the propensity of The words they've written in and around those particular words and or the way that they, in the case of the Bible writers, the way they chose to live. For example, if the, if, if submit to the governing authorities meant unconditionally, then Paul would have done that. When Nero said, bow to me, Paul would have just bowed to Nero and not gotten his head cut off. Right. Mm -hmm. So clearly it didn't mean unconditionally. So we had to read more of that chapter and read much, read other things that went on about that exact same subject. And then look at the way that the person who wrote those words lived them out in his own life. And that would give you the full context. Sometimes this is referred to as originalism. Okay. What did it really, what was it meant to mean? Not what we think it means, but what was it meant to mean? So for this question, I would answer it thusly. Do you believe any of the men who either wrote the First Amendment to the Constitution or ratified it would put a satanic altar in a government building as a fulfillment of those words. Neither do I. That's my answer.
1: It's a good one. Yeah. I, th- this is, I, I just can't believe how we fall for nonsense when you talk about freedom of speech, freedom of religion. I, but, you know, we the people in order to form a more perfect union and give the devil his due. No, this is insane. We, we, we we're constantly hiding our own cowardice behind. So, well, the constitution, no, it doesn't. That's just you being a coward. This is preposterous. Next question. Um, this is interesting. Uh, from Sherry Pruitt. And that first one, by the way, was Marsha Secour. Sherry Pruitt, sometimes you will reference the attractiveness of other women during the show. How do you maintain trust and accountability within your marriage, especially given your platform? And I think this is a very common struggle for many marriages, given our constant access to things like likes and comments on social media. Keep up the good work. So this is, it's, no one's trolling here. That's why I was making sure. I think this is very interesting. And you you see this, people get very suspicious of one another for... What is u- ubiquitous? Sure.
0: Do I do I sit here and um, discuss my 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 openly discuss the the sexual uh, desire or fulfillment or specific activity I would like to engage in with other women? Do I do that? No. No. Um, I mean, I I'm not blind. My, well, that's
1: what I think. I think a lot of our a Christian audience thinks like this, the mere noticing. Of she's the hot good to me she, is not
0: the same thing as what I do to her. And here and let me and by the way, let me itemize it for you. OK, first of all, ultimately, I'm not responsible to any of you for that. I'm responsible to my This is my broader wife. than you. even. that's why yeah. I made sure. But, I don't
1: think there, but, but, it's not an attack on you. No, it's like, I don't take it that can way at Christians all. Christians say, can a Christian man say that that woman is stunning?
0: I think as long as you're not lusting after her, but just pointing out that that you know, obviously that's a piece of God's handiwork. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if you have a, uh, that's why I, I don't have a problem with it. My wife doesn't have a problem with it. No, my kids don't have a problem with it. You know, so if 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 I tried to satisfy all of your gray areas, I just would never be able to communicate. I I just on any level or front. I mean, the Bible doesn't satisfy a lot of your gray areas. I mean. I could point out one day I should do this. We should do a show. Maybe that's an evergreen. All the Bible verses you would lose your damn mind if the yeah. pastor said we're doing a sermon on these that verses. That is an evergreen. That's an evergreen. Aaron, make a note of that. That's an evergreen. And just do an entire it might have show. To be two. <laughs> just an entire show of these Bible verses because they would violate a lot of your gray areas, you know. Now, I'm not saying that those gray areas aren't important because I do try to acknowledge them. Like even little things you know if I'm sitting in a parking lot, for example and i'm and I'm packing stuff in my trunk or trash you know and or throwing trash away, and if a piece of trash comes out, I'm cognizant of the fact someone might be noticing me, so I'll run down and pick it up and throw it away so I don't make it look like your gray that gray ears aren't aren't relevant at all I mean Paul spends a lot of time discussing these you know don't and and ultimately leave, leaves it to don't do what causes the lesser brother to stumble but but I also can't do this show in any compelling way whatsoever if 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 I am constantly held hostage by perceptions of gray areas. I'm just not. So
1: if, so is that if what you're if, saying if, if, beyond you though? Because this person did yes. that's what I liked about it. they took it beyond you to say so yeah. like in social media are are you are people being too are there, is there a so, so, of so that's a great example? That's a, that's
0: a great example. So when I talk on this show about, wow, that's a smoke show. She's hot. To me, that is, not, that is not the line cross than if I posted a scantily clad picture of a woman on my social media and associated it with that visual. You see what I'm saying? To me, that, now, now we're going from a general statement to let me take an image of this woman that is specifically titillating. That's, that's why that picture was taken. It's, it is, it's, it's expressed purpose is sensuality. Do you understand? Rather than just admiring somebody else that, you know, my wife tells me all the time, that guy's pretty hot. Okay, cool. I don't feel threatened by that in any way, shape or form. You know, now I suppose if my wife then said, I bet you he's better at this than you are and better at this than you are, I'd suddenly start feeling a lot more threatened. So I think, I think some of this is a gray area for sure about your own relationship with your own spouse. You know, if my wife ever came to me one time and said, cut that out, you know what I would do? I'd cut it out because my, 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 because my body is not my own, including my mouth. It's hers and her body is not her own. It is mine. That's what Paul says about marriage, right? So if my wife ever came to me or my kids came to me actually and said, Hey, you know, can we get, I would, my kids ever came to me and said, dude, can we, you know, what do you think of the Lindsey Graham stuff? I think it's gone too far. Okay, cool. People who have to bear my last name or have to carry baggage because of what I have to do or what I'm called to do publicly, or if you guys did for that would count for the two of Mm -hmm. you as well, then I would listen to that. Yeah. But as a general rule, you know, if, 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 if we're saying things like people have asked me, um, let me give you an example. When Paul tells the Galatian Judaizers to cut their entire penis off is the intention of his reference of, of the, of the male phallus to titillate. Is that the intention of his reference? No, no. Is, is, is it sensual in nature in any way, shape or form? No. Okay, even though he is referencing an organ that can absolutely be used in those contexts, right? Mm -hmm. But he is not referencing it in that context, correct? Yeah. Okay. When I am when I am pointing out the complete fraud that Lindsey Graham is, is it with the intent of titillating anybody? No. Or is is it with the intent of 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 being sensual about whatever his peccadilloes or fetishes are? No. No, it's with the exact same intent that Paul is using when he tells the Judaizers to cut their penises off. He's mocking them. Okay. And that's exactly what I am doing. All right. Now, does that mean therefore, though, and this is where we need accountability with one another. Does that mean my purpose and intent is the ultimate standard? Is that the ultimate standard either? No. No, it's not. You know, this is a long winded answer. You know why? Because you're not at you, you didn't ask me. No. Is it okay to commit adultery with my eyes with that woman? That that would be a pretty short conversation, right? Right. No, you asked me how far can we go in admiring the attractiveness of another of the opposite sex? I, that one is a see. much more complicated answer. I, I believe. was
1: getting ready to read past this and move on, but I kept reading it, and there was fellowship there, and then there was. A, but th- this is complicated enough to the point that uh, Origin, who. Uh, uh, great uh, theologian mm-hmm. and thinker of the... O-R, uh, if
0: you're looking him up, yeah. it's O-R-I-G-E-N, if you're looking him up. But Four, yeah.
1: Fourth century, if, mem- if memory serves. But there's a reason he's not Saint Origin, is because at the end of his brilliant career, he, being, he became heretical to the point he castrated himself over the kind of things we're talking about. How do I interpret this? How far can I go? What's too far? What's not... And so, yeah, there. I just realized there's more to this question than I, um, and I thought it was worth asking.
0: Okay, Pam Brewer. No, it's actually a very good question, yeah. but we could do this with a lot of things. For example, um, the mentioning of, of, of alcohol. I went to dinner last night with AIM. Yeah, same. Um, and got a peppermint patty martini. Okay? You know, um, what, you you know, there's a lot of gray areas that we could get into here all the time. And I just, on, on one hand, and, and I don't know the balance, and I'm always happy to hear your perspectives on these. And if you work for me or you rely on me or you're in covenant with me, like you bear my last name, I'm always willing to hear your perspective. But ultimately, if I try to avoid every potential gray area, I, I just simply could not do this for a living. I just couldn't, not effectively anyway.
1: Well, Christ was actually... Celibate, So that's a little more difficult than the peppermint martini thing. And that's pretty easy. Christ drank and move <laughs> but on. But there's
0: other traditions that don't agree with us on that. Okay. I don't. Yeah. It's in, it,
1: see, this is the Bible.
0: I know, but there's, but
1: I thought you're the literalist. Guys. They will, but they'll say
0: that word actually doesn't mean fermented drink. It uh, doesn't mean fermented wine. I mean, I, there's a, people have reasons why they think things about stuff like things like this. <laughs> oh, they yes. do
1: have reasons. Yeah. Pam brewer. Do you support requiring NFL refs to take acting classes so they're not quite so obvious? <laughs> I don't know. That's all. It's just In what, in what context is know she talking about? What happened this weekend? Is it about the Chiefs? Uh, Aaron's not participating right now, but is there anything you th- you see that this is more uh, germane than in any other week or year?
0: I, here's what I do think, and 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 I first had this thought: the uh, NFC Championship game that the Saints and the Rams played several years ago where there was an obvious pass interference on the Rams, and two referees are looking right at it and don't flag it. Okay, And then that was the first year that we had any form of legalized sports betting, but it hadn't really expanded in many or been implemented and installed in many states yet. And I said this at the time, and I think that eventually this is going to have to happen. Since we're in a market, an economy of scale based on... Uh, since we're in a speculative market based on an economy of scale, like a soybean market, any commodity market, gold, we just read for birch, birch gold, that would be one, right? Gold would be one, okay? And if you're in a speculative market, there has to be, and there, there, there is what amounts to public trading based on what people are speculating about that market. I can't. I, the only one I can think of that does not have some third party monitoring agency that can bring criminal charges against people is sports betting I think I mean we have the SEC Securities and Exchange Commission I mean I, I, we have we have a we have a third party public agency that regulates every other speculative you know market I can think of other than sports betting and I think we're going to have to have one because because we can't just sit here and have Private companies call these leagues, but then they don't reveal how they rank their officials, who's doing a good job, who does not. You're not allowed to question them. They don't have to be subject to any scrutiny in the media after the game. You see what I'm saying? And so they essentially are, are they're completely separate from public speculation, but they're making decisions all the time that can lead to mass exchanges Of dollars in a publicly in a public market. I I don't believe that's sustainable. And I I think we're any minute now for some form of a class action lawsuit against these sports leagues. Hey, you cost me, you cost us millions of dollars because you didn't regulate this. That's why we have public public regulation of speculative markets in every place else other than sports betting.
1: Yeah, but it's uh, this is like Insta Replay. We keep adding things onto the game because we think it makes it better, and we're just more idolatrous. We should, we should,
0: we have to go back. Correct. But here's I'll say the same thing about you. I said about the NCAA all these years. Mm-hmm. The leagues could just be more. Tra- nothing's stopping them. They could be more transparent right now. Here's our ranking of officials. Here's the calls they got right and wrong last week. Why don't they do that right now? It's because not that, that it's because not that, that would that, that would stave off the need for
1: the, the call. Would stave it off as adulting. That would statement.
0: I would up. think, tra- to me, transparency is adulting. It's just a game. Why, why, why are the it's officials not gonna, accountable like everybody else's?
1: Well, they are accountable, and I've been one. They should be accountable, but not because of money, the interest, because of the game. We're doing it because of gambling. That's not a priority on any level.
0: It is when this amount of money is being exchanged. No, that's
1: not a good reason. <laughs> it, that's it, not a good reason. I didn't say,
0: it. it doesn't matter if it's a good reason. It's just the fallen world in which we live. More in a moment. so Constitution Wealth came on board here right at the start of the year and they had a plan. We like people that have plans. Now, you can't be married to a plan, you know? I mean, you have a great plan and things can be going great and then they drop a scam demic in your lap. You Got to come up with a new plan when that happens, right? And we did. And they when they put a gun at your head and say you have to end all of your success now all right, the former plan's not going to work. Got to have a new plan. But in either case, you have to have a plan. And our friends, Constitution Wealth came here first of the year with a plan to to, to convince our audience, with which has millions, tens of millions, maybe even more, uh, in terms of retirement, investments, and wealth and prosperity stored up here just in this audience, let alone what exists in the audience of... You know, kind of the twin sons of our of our galaxy here on the blaze of Mark Levin and a Glenn Beck and, and to try to realign as much of that as possible behind our values to put that to, to to work as a weapon in the spiritual battle we are facing. Just as we a lot of times go out of our way to if we can avoid it to not directly support companies who hate us. Why not do the same thing with our investments? And they have done that uh, successfully, but there's still more people that they know they can reach. You can be both prophetic and make a profit while being a prophet. Uh, small p, of course. Uh, you can do that with, our, with the help at our, with our friends at Constitution Wealth. Now's a great time. Uh, you're thinking about what you're going to do next year to be a better steward as we come to the year end. Uh, get a free consultation today at ConstitutionWealth.com slash Steve. ConstitutionWealth.com
1: slash Steve. All right, let's get back to Ask Me Anything. Todd, you're up. All right, Edward Listart. if you could travel back in time and speak to a church father, who, who would you choose to discuss the atonement? The Apostle Paul and the Christus Victor theory or John Calvin and the substitution theory and why? Just wanted to smack you around with a light one coming back from break.
0: Hmm. I think... <clears throat> this is hard because you're talking about two of the greatest influences in church history, who have their detractors. Yeah, you know, if you go back to the to the '90s and the old Jesus seminar, that was kind of the first. We've had these every decade or so. They kind of now it's uh, it's uh, what's it called re. Uh, uh, Revoice. Now it's called Revoice. Before Revoice, it was called um, Emergent. Um, it's had different iterations through the years, but one of the first in modern times of just openly spouting heresy uh, was called the Jesus Seminar. And it was this group of Ivy League seminarian theolo- theolo- the- uh, theology quote unquote experts. Listen to the experts talk. Uh, that got together one day in the very late 90s and determined that basically all of Paul's letters were no longer canon or scripture. And that if it wasn't specifically said by Christ in a red letter, then it wasn't, in, 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 then it, and it was in the New Testament, then it wasn't to be considered canon or scriptural. Okay. So even, you know, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, had. Detractors. At one point, and and had them at the while writing much of the New Testament. He is responding to critics and challenges, um, you know, to his apostolic authority throughout his epistles. At one point, Peter himself says he even rebukes Peter at one point, and Peter's like, and another one of his letters is like, "Man, the stuff Paul writes is tough to understand." Okay, so even in the in that era, he had his he had pushback at times. Um, As as fascinated as I am by Calvin, you got to go with Paul, don't you? Don't you have to go? The, here, let me tell you the reason You're I would asking not. Me? That, <laughs> let me tell you the reason I would not choose Paul. Man, spending a lot of time in the first century is a hell of a lot harder than spending a lot of time in the sixteenth or the seventeenth, I should say. Okay. Not, not by our standards. Neither one of them's easy. All right, but dude, they at least had chamber pots back then. Okay, so that would be my shallow reasons for going with Calvin instead. But uh, I would, I, I, in terms of theological integrity, you got to go with the guy who actually was writing scripture, not the guy who was putting his own spin on it, which may or may not be biblical, may or may not be brilliant, depending on your viewpoint. But in and of itself, was not scripture.
1: Jim Mayo, how easy do you as a father believe it can be for us to miss the mark when it comes to allowing secularism to become the standard in our homes?
0: Uh, Extremely. It's impossible. We live in a secularized, pluralistic society. Much of the church is not... Is is um, the chances are most of you in this audience, if you go to a church, you you go to a church that when when topics that were were topics of what's happening in the culture contemporarily almost never come up, and then when they do, you're sitting there bracing, just hoping that your pastor doesn't you know disappoint you or betray you. I mean, if that's and that's the church environment, so the the idea that you're going to keep that out of your home environment, it's just not it's just not realistic and it's never been realistic frankly ever i mean you can't be in of in the world and not of it and and be out of we're in this world we live in this world the idea i mean paul going back to the aforementioned paul you know he he went to the, i mean he quotes virgil to the greeks the the idea that you're going to be completely immune from the culture that surrounds you just isn't realistic. We're relational creatures, we're human beings. The question is, what are you not so much what you're what you're influenced by, but what are you driven by? Do you understand the proper place of those cultural influences, with the with the right and proper chain of command is? Or have you given a level of authority to those cultural influences or in our day and age, secular cultural influences. Um, although I don't think it's as secular as you think it's godless, but it's not secular. Um, the The point of secularism was to get Christianity out of there. So it could install its own demonic paganism instead. Secularism is in and of itself a temporary stage for any culture, any human interaction, um, any, um, institution, ultimately someone must be God, right? You saw the clip over the weekend from Anthony Fauci declaring himself as such. I'm God. Yeah, I guess you could say I grew up Catholic and maybe identify that, but, you know, I've reached a point of morality, you know, self-aware morality now that I, I, I don't really need that. That's exactly what he said, you know? So something's going to rule. Something will occupy the God-shaped hole in all of your hearts, and something will occupy the, the the place of preeminence that only belongs to God himself. So that, that seat will never stay empty. Someone will sit on that throne. Something will sit on that throne every single time so really arguing about secularism is no different than arguing about Greco-Roman influence in the first century church. And it's no different. It's no different than arguing about the Renaissance in the latter Middle Ages. It's no different. I mean, we're just really talking about what is the specific non-Christ centered influences of those eras.
1: Stephen Duplantis. When we are told by the Bible to pray for our leaders at this point, would imprecatory prayers be acceptable? Asking for a friend. Yes.
0: I wholeheartedly believe that. I don't know that I would do that exclusively. Just, you know, but the, the, you know, again, since we're, since Paul seems to be the name of this, of this portion of the show, you know, Paul writes, mercy triumphs over judgment, but it does not cancel judgment. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't, in, in, in an age, in, in this age, I don't know that I would, well, I guess I can't even say that. I mean, you know what, let me just put it this way. I don't see any problem at all. I don't. And I'd be curious to, to for someone to biblically come up with a a, a counter argument because I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. So I'd be interested to entertain it. I, I don't see any problem at all. With, for example, asking God for Joe Biden's eyes to be opened so that he will turn to him and listen to his word. And then following that right up and saying, but if he does not, Father, you are response, you, you, you um, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, your word says. So, if he will not turn, then I pray that you'll remove him and put somebody else. You'll install someone else there that um, that that will listen to you, because when the righteous rule the people rejoice. I don't I don't see a problem with that on any level at all. And I'd be fascinated to hear an argument to counter it.
1: Marsha Sue, on a scale of one to 10, what is the possibility that Michigan Governor Gretchen Psychopath Whitmer will end up being the DNC nominee?
0: I, I, I don't know. You know, um, I've been asked a ton of questions about this by people I know uh, in my private circle in the last month or so, as Biden's numbers have continued to dwindle. And these questions have amped up now that it's pretty obvious they're trying to force him out. I, I You know, they just do whatever they want over there. There is no they, they are. There are in no fear of media or anything of that nature. Um they just their fear is is never going too far it's not going far enough yeah so i wouldn't make it 0 i would make it 10 i what what that number is between those two i don't know but you know i i wouldn't be here's what i would not be doing if you if you want to know if joe biden is going to end up being the democrat nominee 329 days from today i wouldn't be looking for, through the democratic party's bylaws to determine what is and isn't doable that's that's the last thing I'd be doing, actually. I, I don't I don't think those things I don't think they care. Uh I think they'll do what whatever they think they can get away with is what they will do.
1: Rick Khan, is the obsession of Trump from church leaders and pastors the new prosperity gospel? Well, you'll notice that it's a lot of
0: the prosperity gospel people that have this obsession. And so I think that there's you know, there's a reason why I've said that uh, the Trump White House was the first TBN presidency in American history. There's there's clear crossover there, um, without question. Um, but I also I, I also think you need to recognize the accomplishments of the the Trump White House too, and that that's what makes this so complicated. Is are there fears of? trump idolatry infecting the church yes was donald trump a good president overall for the church well until he helped shut them down on march 16 2020 that answer was also todd what yeah pretty good yeah so you know i've got some people in my feed today who are like how can you still vote for trump if he's the nominee next year i mean i if, if, if the reprehensible things Trump did during 2020 are why you're not going to vote for him I'll, ever, I'm not here to argue with you on any front. I'm probably one of the reasons you know about that. Because I helped lead with a few others the pushback against that throughout the whole course of that year. So the, I'm the last person to sit here and tell you, hey... My aunt or is vaccine injured and 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 my son got myocarditis and I'm not and Trump's unrepentant I'm never voting for him. I'm not I'm I'm just, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm not going to be doing any apologetics demanding you vote for Donald Trump if he's the nominee next year. I'm just not. Provided your answers are good, if they're terrible, then I will. But if those are your reasons why is that part of Trump's record? Yeah. Unquestionably. If you're supporting Trump in this primary because prior to COVID he was a good president, is that part of Trump's record? Yeah, unquestionably. That's why this is such a hot topic. There is ample reasons for why everybody thinks the way that they do in many cases.
1: One more, Travis Reed. Do conservatives get so protective over individual rights and not wanting socialism that we become selfish in the process? I know that I have a very I have very little compassion for the poor because I think it is largely due to their bad decisions. But then I read the Bible and feel convicted I should be more generous. God has granted me compassion and grace for my bad decisions, so shouldn't I do the same?
0: Number one, I would remove anybody else from your own accountability. God doesn't do group accountability except in people he's in group covenant with. So whether we're talking about in the old Testament, Israel or in the new Testament, the church, everything else is an individual relationship with God. If you get rid of this, this idea of group accountability, group rights, that's what the spirit of the age proclaims, right? And the kingdom of God, you are individually made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made individually. You will be individually accountable to God for your sins. Not because of an association with any group, but because of your association one-on-one with sin, your own. So, get rid of some broad statement. Don't project your problems or your issues on a broad slate of people. Don't do that, number one. But number two, the self-awareness that you indicated for you personally sounds like you're convicted. And based on what you have read and studied, you should be. Now, keep this in mind. The proverb says, this is the word of the Lord. When someone who is hungry steals from you and they do so because they're hungry, you're not angry that they stole from you. You You're empathetic. You understand. However, are they still a thief? Yeah, they're still a thief. And they still must pay restitution for what they took. You're not permitted to steal just because you're poor, nor are you permitted to look down on people just because you're not. It's a hard issue. So, sounds like you thought that you've been convicted of a hardened heart? You should respond to that. But I also would not project that to everybody else because you had an issue with it. It just is your issue. doesn't mean you're the only one that has that issue. You're not. But it doesn't mean everybody that thinks like you has that issue. just means that you do. All right, I know a lot of you have an issue right now with finding a good movie to watch. Check out The Blind right now on The Blaze. Uh, It's the first time we've ever ever uh given you access uh to a theatrical grade movie on our platform the true life story of our colleague phil robertson it's fantastically done it's also pretty raw i didn't say profane but it is raw Okay, so some adult conversations, small a, are going to be had, so be warned about that. But that's also what makes this movie so good. Nineteen ninety nine. it's available right now. If you don't want to have to pay uh, Amazon or Apple that money, you want to give it to us instead, uh, go to blazetv.com slash theblind. That's blazetv.com slash theblind. Todd, you have a last word really quick before we sign off? Brent
1: Ray wants to know if you've watched or heard of Leave the World Behind on Netflix.
0: I've heard of it. I have not watched it yet, but I am planning to.
1: And Christina Feather says, Guys, UFOs are off limits. We're entering ancient aliens on uh, uh, cult territory. Stay away. Look for Michael Heiser or possibly Ali Sia.com. I know
0: all this stuff. You Guys, a million of you email me about all this stuff. Every time aliens come up, I know. Stop. Okay? Stop. All right. John 317.